Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Welcome once again, everyone, to a Baseball America podcast. I'm John Manuel. He's Aaron Fit. It's the weekly college podcast. Aaron reporting live this weekend from an undisclosed location in Florida. Aaron, how the hell are you? John, I'm doing great. I'm, I'm uh, running on adrenaline right now. Yeah, I guess so. You you compared yourself physically to looking like Nick Nolte, so that can't be good. So <laughs> we're glad this is just an audio chat uh, and not a video chat today. But that's a special connection with you from Florida. So we hope everyone. Uh, it's it's our less than ideal technical uh, faci- uh, edition today, but we've got more college uh, baseball information than you can really shake a stick at, Aaron. So let's uh, let's just dive right in. First uh, top twenty-five poll of the weekend of the season, I should say, and opening weekend chalk at the top. One through four. Anything, Aaron, uh, from those top four teams, Texas A&M, LSU, North Carolina, Texas, that jumped out to you? Well, I, you know, I think all four of those teams were very impressive in, in, in different ways. You know, I think certainly, uh, you know, Texas A&M, I was very pleased with what they did offensively. I think that uh, they showed some resilience in two of those games against a, a pesky Wright State group. Very well-coached um, team in Wright State. Yeah, absolutely. Always well coached, and uh, you know the the Aggies didn't get a, maybe as good a pitching as you as you'd think in a couple of those games, but they pitched pretty well on the whole. I think they were pretty impressive, and uh, LSU scored just as we thought they would. I mean, that's a great offense, and it performed. But they also got very good pitching against Villanova, uh, although you know take that with a grain of salt. Villanova getting outside for the first time, uh, yeah. just like Wright State was. Well, I think the um, I think the most impressive one to me was Texas, uh, Illinois, Chicago. Yeah. It's kind of like Wright, Wright State, a northern program that's a consistent winner, uh, actually a more consistent winner uh, in this from the same conference. And, again, very well coached with Mike Dean, that bunch up there at Ch- Illinois-Chicago. And, man, what a dominant performance by the, by the Longhorns to, to sweep that and to you know give up uh, three runs in four games. is uh, That's just really, really impressive. Yeah, I agree with you, John. Now, to me, that was one of the most impressive performances of the weekend. Uh, you know, those guys pitched very well. Those sophomores, Chance Ruffin and uh, Cole Green and Brandon Workman were very good, and, and Taylor Youngman uh, with a great debut. Yeah, I think the main thing is here that uh, I think we all agree, Texas has maybe the best group of sophomores in the country. And I know we didn't rate them as the top recruiting class last year, but uh, it was among the top ones, and, boy, they're really uh, – that class is really mature, and I think uh, there's, they've got some offense, they've got some pitching. It's a really balanced sophomore class, and that's – you know, really the meat and potatoes of that team. Uh, number five last week in our preseason poll was Cal State Fullerton. The Titans were our marquee matchup, Aaron. Let's talk a little bit before we get into this week's poll about that marquee matchup. And, uh, oh, Aaron, uh, I, I think the main, the main thing here is that TCU and, and Cal State Fullerton lived up to the billing, uh, but TCU getting an a impressive road series win to start the year. Yeah, you know, we, we had uh, we had the Horned Frogs as, as a – borderline top 25 team heading into the year, uh, you know, and, and I think that they, they proved this weekend that they probably deserve to be right in there. It's a really good, balanced club, and when I was talking with Coach Schlossnagel for the weekend preview last week, uh, you know, he's very excited about his team, and you can see why. I mean, they're, 
they've got a good mix of, of quality seniors and, and very good newcomers. Uh, I like their arms. Uh, they're they're going to be probably seven or eight power arms deep. Um, you know, and they can score as they showed this weekend against Fullerton. So, uh, you know, the Titans are going to be fine. There's no reason to worry about them. It might take a little time for the pitching to settle in. But uh, TCU, very impressive this weekend. That's what I come away from here. Yeah, and the Horned Frogs jump into the rankings at the number 23 team. Meanwhile, UC Irvine jumps up to number 5 from number 8 by winning 3 out of 4 on the road at Hawaii. Uh, they're followed in the rankings by Baylor, Fullerton falling from 5 to 7. Arizona State, UCLA, and Rice rounding out the top 10. And I think the story in that top 10 is Arizona State. The Sun Devils turn over their team significantly in the offseason. Uh, not too many returning guys from that team that lost in the Super Regional uh, to Fresno State last year. A team, I think, that was in our top five basically uh, all year from the start of the year when they were preseason number nine, jumped in the top five and seemed to be there uh, the whole season. This is a very different Arizona State team. You've talked to a little bit of their coaching staff in the wake of last night's, uh, of this weekend series. What was the most impressive thing from their standpoint about the way the Sun Devils played this weekend and breaking in all those newcomers from Carlos Ramirez and Josh Spence to, to some of the freshmen on that club? Well, I mean, they were really excited that they were able to get so many players involved. Um, you know, there were I think there were 12 or 13 freshmen who, who appeared in at least three games, or newcomers, I should say. Uh, you know, and, and, and uh, Carlos Ramirez really stuck, struck out the mo- uh, stuck out the most. Excuse me. Uh, four home runs. I mean, he's he's going to slot right into that cleanup spot, and you know, gives Kipnis some protection, and uh, their arms were were very good. And I think maybe the most important development of the whole weekend was Seth Blair, the sophomore right-hander, uh, throwing six very strong innings. Um, you know, just two hits, one run, eight strikeouts. Uh, he's got a huge arm, and if he, if he pitches well, then they could go a long way. Yeah, I mean, it's one weekend, and it's Wisconsin-Milwaukee, which has generally been a, a pretty solid program in the, uh, I guess they're in the Summit League. I get them in the Horizon League mixed up. I believe they're in the Summit League. Um, Horizon. They are in the Horizon League. Thank you for correcting me. But it's a, it's a solid program, but hard to know exactly how much Arizona State gets out of that. But, hey, they dominated number one. Uh, number two, like you said, they got a lot of new guys involved. And, you know, it's, a, it's an evolving process. they got 12 more regular season weeks. Uh, but Arizona State and UCLA, the top two preseason teams in the Pac-10, both get off the strong starts. Um, looking at the, the next chunk of the poll, Aaron, San Diego, Georgia, Ole Miss, Stanford. Uh, I think Ole Miss is probably the biggest disappointment in there. The Rebels uh, lost two out of three over the opening weekend. And we kind of went chalk. Oklahoma 16, Pepperdine, Kent State, Clemson, Georgia Tech, all kind of holding serve. And our own Connor Glassy was on the scene in Greensboro uh, this weekend. I think that's the series out of that group that impressed me the most, Aaron. You can jump in if there's another one that did for you. But for a, a team from Ohio, a northern team, to go on the road, uh, it was cold down here this weekend. I'm not making no bones about that. But for them to go on the road and sweep UNC Greensboro as impressively as, as they did, I think that speaks volume for Kent State. And they didn't do it with their big-time arms. They did it by bludgeoning Greensboro's pitching. And I know that you're enthusiastic about the Golden Flash's offense. Yeah, that's the thing. You know, people uh, look at us ranking Kent State in the, in the preseason and think it's because they've got a couple of big pitching prospects. It's not just that, you know, it's, it's the offense to me is outstanding. Uh, it's powerful, it's athletic, it's experienced. There's just a lot to like there. And, and, you know, they scored 18 runs on Friday and 19 on Sunday and nine or six, excuse me, in the yeah. middle. Now, you were right the first time, it was nine. It was nine. 
Yeah, forty-six runs in but, three uh, games I mean, or whatever you know. it is is a lot of runs. That's you don't you don't do that by a fluke. You don't do that by the other team uh, kicking the ball around to, to do it all weekend like that. Uh, they were putting some good will on the ball. Uh, teams like Kent State, to me, Aaron, when teams like that jump up, it's because they have yeah they do have prospects, but you get your seniors back, and that's how a mid-major baseball program can make that jump up and win a regional or maybe get to Omaha. And, you know, that's kind of what they did a little bit. A guy like a Rohan, who's such a – what was he, league player of the year last year, was he not, in the MAC? I believe he was, and, and what a weekend for him. Yeah, and, that, and that's the thing is, like you said, they're not just a team with a couple of prospects that we're, that we're banking on here. This is a, an experienced team. They consistently either win the MAC or they're right at the top of the MAC. And I think the big question for them really is strength of schedule. They don't play a great schedule, so for them to get an at-large bid and not have everything come down to the MAC tournament, they're going to have to have more weekends like this. Where not only they go on the road and play a Southern team and they really sweep them, uh, just like you know, it, it was important I think for a team like Rutgers just to pull a team out. Uh, they weren't in the Big East, Big Ten challenge this weekend. Uh, Rutgers goes and they did win a game at, at the University of Miami. That is important for a team like Rutgers if they're going to be on the bubble. It really looks good to go down in February and for Rutgers to win a game for Miami. That's a that's a big part for these northern teams if they want to be at large. If they want to get at large bids, they have to do things like that. I'm using that as a transition, Aaron, to transition into uh, your weekend. You were down in the St. Petersburg area. Uh, you checked out first uh, yesterday. You checked out Florida and Louisville. Florida jumps into the pole after sweeping the Cardinals. Louisville drops out after getting swept at Florida. Uh, you can talk a little bit about that series, but also if you wanted to just drop in what the most impressive thing was about the Big Ten Big East Challenge, the inaugural Big East Big Ten Challenge, besides, of course, the presence of uh, our favorite sports information guy, Bo Carter. Yeah, it was it was a treat hanging out with Bo, of course, but, uh, you know, I'll tell you, Michigan was outstanding down there. They were the team that uh, impressed me the most, uh, you know, and, and it's because they've got a lot of power arms for one thing, and you can read about that in Three Strikes today. Uh but they've got a lot of young players stepping forward. And I think there's a, a contrast here if you compare them with uh, Missouri, for instance. Both these, these teams have um, a group of, of sophomore power arms they're relying upon this year, guys that need to step forward and, and shoulder more of a load than they have in the past. And, and Michigan's did and looked really good doing it. And, and Missouri's struggled. And, uh, and the Tigers uh, lost three games out there at the Grand Canyon Tournament. So... Um, you know, Michigan, it looks really good. Uh, as far as the weekend went, I mean, I was just pleased to be able to see 14 different teams in two days. That's uh, insane. I saw, every team that I saw had a couple of guys who were uh, were prospects and just interesting, really good college players. And, I mean, I saw several regional caliber teams. I think St. John's and South Florida are both going to uh, be in there in that mix. And, and South, uh, Notre Dame as well. So, uh, on the whole, it was a worthwhile weekend. That really is an insane amount of teams. Uh, to get to see, which is just uh, the beauty of early season tournaments like that. So uh, you have to, you know, it's great that we were able to send you down there and and you're able to see that. Um, a couple other things I wanted to bring up, I guess, uh, from that tournament, uh, from from that event, just going over the blog posts. Uh, how did Indiana look? Indiana was our preseason Big Ten uh, choice. Uh, I think you saw them once at least. And then what did you think of Ryan Lockwood with South Florida, who's got this 30s whatever game hit streak and. Uh, sounds like a guy who's really starting to make some noise, and, and was there obviously a lot of scouts were there to see him too. Uh, what were your take on those two things, the Indiana team, and then also uh, Ryan Lockwood of South Florida? Well, Indiana was the one team I wanted to see that I didn't get to see, okay, uh, because the way the event was set up, uh, they, I think they were playing in Brighton, Brighton Center, Tampa, 
the days I were there, and it was just too far of a drive to make it there. But uh, I heard that they uh, looked pretty good offensively on Saturday and Sunday. Um, they, they did get a big win against South Florida. Um, and, you know, they, they, they lost uh, pretty badly on Friday night. Matt Bayshore got lit up a little bit, their ace left-hander. But it sounded like he showed pretty good stuff. He just wasn't locating. So that that's not entirely unexpected at this point in the season. As for Lockwood, I mean, he's, he's a really good player. He's, he's a grinder who puts the bat on the ball consistently, a uh, very intense player, and he's, he's got speed. Um, he had some trouble in the outfield in the first game with the Sun, lost two balls out there, but uh, I, I think that's probably just an aberration. Okay, and then we got uh, a couple other notes to, to talk to you about the, for the, from the weekend. Uh, how about, first of all, have you got any reports Oh, you, uh, from the uh, Florida Gulf Coast Central Michigan uh, game? Uh, that had to be, it sounds like it was cold in Florida this week, and that had to be nuts to be playing a game at 12.01 in the morning. Uh, but the opener, the, the lid lifter for the entire season, I do think we need to give uh, kudos to the to that team, for uh, both those teams, for, for playing that game, don't you? Oh, yeah, I think it's a neat idea. and uh, I think it ended about 3.15 in the morning, and, Considering how cold it was uh, the next day, I imagine it was really cold uh, that you know in the middle of the night. Absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. But, uh, yeah. I, I I figured it had to be, and then you had. Uh, I wanted to also throw in that Oregon wins the first game of their season. They uh, went to St. Mary's. They lost two or three, but they did win the opener. They won five three uh, with a four spot on the in the fifth inning on the on Friday night. So congratulations to George Horton and the Ducks. Uh, I just think it's really going to be very fun to watch how uh, Oregon, uh, uh, a new program in the Pac-10, i got to imagine that they're going to struggle this year. But I've never seen a George Horton team struggle. But then George Horton has never coached in the Pac-10. And as great as I think we think George Horton is a great coach, he's got a national championship uh, under his belt. Uh, you know, most of the time when you replace uh, a legend like he did in replacing Augie Garrido, and most sports the guy who replaces the legend stinks, <laughs> and, and George Horton built on what Augie Garrido did and make Fullerton in some ways a better program. I mean, out of the ballpark and those kind of things. It's going to be fascinating to watch that story of, of Oregon this year uh, coming into the Pac-10. I think another weekend series that jumped out to me, Aaron, was Elon going on the road and winning two out of three at uh, Auburn. That just uh, kind of jumped up and bit me. Uh, you know, Elon's a regional team, and I know we discussed them for the preseason top 25, but were you surprised at all that they were able to go down and win two out of three at Auburn? A little surprise, only because I really like Auburn's talent, and uh, you know we didn't have them projected for a regional big win of the year, but they've got outstanding talent, and they really could make a run this year. And I figured they would probably hold serve at home, but you know Elon is very good. I mean, I you know I think in my my, my preseason uh, uh, breakdown spreadsheet, John, they scored very highly, almost uh, almost uh, into a top twenty-five range. Are you talking uh, about the fit matrix? Outstanding offense. Are you talking about the fit matrix? The, the fit matrix. That's right. We're going to refer to the fit matrix throughout the year this year, and uh, I hope everyone gets to uh, hear us make re- repeated fit matrix uh, references. I also want to give some kudos to Cal State Bakersfield. They won uh, two of their first uh, four games this year, including a, a doubleheader sweep of St. Louis on Saturday. So, uh, Bill Kernan and company, Cal State Bakersfield, relaunching their program. I think it's noteworthy to that uh, they came out and had a big uh, weekend. And then I guess Coastal Carolina, Aaron, also a team that we almost ranked uh, this week. Uh, they go out and they, they win three out of four this weekend. They beat Kentucky a couple times. And then Oklahoma State, uh, a rousing weekend, um, you know, sweeping Manhattan and BYU in a, 
in a three-team, uh, four-game event. Uh, anybody, anything else on the na- national scene that you thought uh, needed mention uh, in this week's podcast? You know, I think we hit most of the key talking points. I mean, I think around the country, one thing that jumped out at me was that uh, a lot of the big stars played very well, and particularly the Friday starters, the All-American guys. You know, if you look at our first team with Steven Strasburg and Kyle Gibson and Kendall Voles and, uh, and Alex White, they all pitched pretty well, you know. And, and I think that, uh, yeah, I mean, the level of competition is probably a factor a little bit, but uh, it's good to see those guys getting off to good starts. So, uh, it's going to be a lot of fun in, in college baseball this year. Just talking with, with uh, Josh Holliday yesterday at Arizona State, uh, you know, he thinks it's going to be one of those crazy years where you think you got it figured out, and then two weeks later it's, uh, it's completely different. So I, I think it's, it's, uh, it's hard to get a feel this early in the year for who the best teams are, but I think we'll, we'll have a better idea in a couple of weeks here. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, just for you mentioned Alex White. I happened to be there Friday for his start left after he left the game uh, didn't didn't mean to be uh, scout like in that way, but it was just too uh, it was just too cold uh, at Chapel Hill on Friday. Uh, the new Boschmer Stadium looked uh, fantastic uh, for whatever that's worth. But boy, uh, Alex White was throwing pretty hard for a, a early season. I didn't have a radar gun on him, but you know a- after the fact, hearing some threes and some fours, but you know he got knocked around a little bit. He threw a lot of fastballs, uh, gave up a few dinks here or there, but he also gave up a home run. Uh, some balls that were pretty well struck. I think the main point is you can't uh, judge too much off of one weekend. Obviously, a top twenty-five poll is going to be reactive. That's what our preseason. That's what our, you know. This week's poll has some movement. Uh, we are a little reactive. You know, yeah, we did drop uh, Ole Miss seven spots, but that's you know that's what a that's what a poll is. Uh, that's what it kind of has to be. But I think, like you said, the the bigger factor is that this this season uh, there were those top. I think we were pretty sure those top three teams and maybe those top four set themselves apart from the rest of the pack. I know we considered three teams for number one, Aaron, and so far that looks smart, but I think it is going to be pretty topsy-turvy overall because none of those teams uh, look perfect. You know, like in basketball, everyone thought North Carolina was going to be an undefeated uh, team or make a run at that or uh, be a clear number one or that UConn would be a clear uh, top two, top three team all year. Nothing's for sure in my mind in college athletics. Too much, too much can change. I think that's true in the college baseball ranks as well. So... We'll take your questions next week. Uh, Aaron's chatting today. If you want to send questions for the podcast, send those in at podcast at baseballamerica.com. Unless you got anything else, Aaron, we'll uh, check back with you next Monday where you'll be in Houston, correct, next weekend? Yeah, I can't wait for that one. We've got five of the top ten teams in the nation going to be the Houston College Classics, so it's going to be a heck of a weekend. Well, that's outstanding. I know either Tuesday or Wednesday, I guess it's Wednesday, we've got Elon here at NC State. Tomorrow we have Coastal Carolina, I think, in North Carolina. So a lot of good local games here. Then you'll be on the road again next weekend. So plenty of college baseball action at BaseballAmerica.com. Really almost too much. Uh, it's ridiculous. So we've got Dave Perkin checking in from the Urban Invitational this weekend. A first-hand report on Steven Strasburg. Uh, it's going to get nuts. So for Aaron Fit, I am John Manuel. Thanks so much for the download. We'll see you next week on the Baseball America College Podcast. Until then, so long, everybody. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. 
that crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.